0: Hello, and welcome to episode 244 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer Stewart. A warm welcome to Sakthibel S., Megan PC, and Maria E. to the Modern Manager community. We have got so much good stuff going on for members, and I don't want you to be missing out. There's a members only podcast feed where you get extended interviews with guests, a Slack community where you can ask questions and get support from like minded managers and access to amazing guest bonuses and special offers. And if you're really ready to invest in yourself, the Modern Manager Skills Accelerator is the thing for you. With more than 50 audio lessons on a wide range of management topics, plus one-on-one asynchronous coaching with me, you will have the support needed to help you develop your knowledge and skills to truly be a star manager. You can learn more about membership and the Skills Accelerator at themodernmanager.com slash join. Today's guest is Ranjay Gulati. He is the author of the book, Deep Purpose, The Heart and Soul of High-Performance Companies. He's also an educator and researcher who is passionate about how to unlock organizational and individual potential. Ranjay and I talk about purpose, what organizational purpose is and isn't, why it's so powerful when done right, how to connect individual purpose to the organization, and the magic that happens when you go from satisfied employees to truly inspired ones. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer stewart Thank you so much for joining me today, Ranjay. I'm really excited to talk about purpose. This is a concept that is very near and dear to me as well. I know it is for you, but also for me because I come from a family business that is very purpose driven. So it was helpful to learn about what you've been learning about how purpose is an important factor and how purpose can bring a business to life. So welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. So thank you for having me.
0: All right. So let's just start with the setting the stage of what is a company purpose and why do businesses and organizations in general need to have one that's that's a compelling purpose?
1: So let's think about it. The word purpose actually comes from individual level purpose, right? The word is not used really for organizations still relatively recently in time. But for thousands of years, people have been contemplating what purpose means. For an individual purpose, my favorite definition, which William Damon, a Stanford psychologist, came up with was, it's a stable and generalized intention to accomplish something that is both meaningful to the self and of consequence to the world beyond the self. Meaningful to the self and beyond the self. Now, the idea can be translated into four organizations. Now, one thing I want to start off by telling you is, Mamie, is that I learned is that purpose is not a purpose statement. People get fixated saying, oh, that means having a mission statement. No, it's much bigger than that. A statement just is kind of a representation of what the idea behind it is. So purpose is bigger than a purpose statement.
0: So can you maybe give us some examples of like what purpose might be for a business and, and kind of just, just yeah, what, is, what what does it sound like when we say this is our purpose?
1: So, you know, it's confusing because you read a Microsoft purpose statement, or you read a Etsy purpose statement, or you read a Bueller purpose statement, and the statement itself might say, like, for EY, it's building a better working world, right? Or Bueller's innovations for a better world. Doesn't tell you anything really. You might even say, what a generic statement. Maybe they could have done a better job. But I think the idea is what are the ideas be underneath that? And what you discover is beneath that is a real clear why statement. You see, People are clear about what they want to do, which is the strategy, the vision, the tactics. They also are sometimes, sometimes clear about how they want to do it. What is their organization, the culture, the structure they want to put in place? The why question seems like an indulgence. Like, who cares about why? I know what to do. I know how to do it. So let's go do it. The why question forces you to think hard about the what and how. So I think we have a logical precursor question that says, okay, why do we choose to exist? What are the markets we want to serve? What businesses, what value, what problem spaces do we want to be in? How do we think of or conceive of ourselves? So the why question really gets you first to think expansively about what are we here to do? And that makes your strategy question much easier. It also creates a framework for people who are gonna work in an organization to understand like, what are we here to accomplish? Like, What do we want to accomplish in this world? And it allows them to connect the company purpose to their own personal purpose. And that creates a much more inspired, engaged workforce. So I think we kind of throw away the why question. I myself am guilty. I was a skeptic. Five years ago, for me, purpose was a purpose statement. I mean, who cares about mission statements? It's wallpaper. But I've come to realize the real power of purpose when it's done right. Well,
0: I want to get to the... Individual side in a second, but first I want to, I want to pick up where you just left off, which is when it's done right, because there are lots of organizations that have kind of a, a mission or a purpose on paper, but at least what I was reading in your book, that's not enough, and and sometimes it's it is actually really not helpful it can kind of backfire in some ways. So can you talk a little bit about how purpose needs to be translated just into the organization in general before we even get to translating to the person?
1: Sure, I think there's a reason why the book is called Deep Purpose and not just purpose, because I discovered a lot of what I call superficial purpose across organizations. And then it becomes, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You start a PR document, or a PR little thing, and you put it out on the walls and you plaster it everywhere and you think, oh, that's it, we're done. But if you really take your purpose seriously and interrogate yourself, you start to measure yourself. You start to look at how do we do resource allocation in the company? How do we do hiring and promotion? How do we think about our KPIs and or OKRs? How do we measure ourselves for success? To what degree are we informed by our purpose as an organization? Now, I want to be very clear. Purpose is not CSR. People have also started to confuse saying purpose is all this charity stuff. Purpose is anything but profit. Absolutely not true. A business fundamentally has to be profitable also to be viable and healthy into the future. And the idea is the why question forces you to think about your business in the long run. And the logic is very important here. And when you start to think of your business in the long run, you start to imagine how you're going to impact the variety of stakeholders you're going to touch, including shareholders. That in turn forces you to think hard about how are you gonna navigate the trade-offs and choices you might have to make across them. So this idea that purpose is stakeholder capitalism or purpose is CSR is really confusing because actually purpose is long-term value creation understanding, value, what, how you're gonna create value, and for whom you're gonna create value. So the stakeholder view comes in naturally when you start to imagine yourself in the long run. Every business has to think about their customers, their employees, their community, and even the planet, and of course, shareholders. So this idea is the why question has both a sense of kind of goals in it, like what do we want to accomplish? What markets do we want to be in? What value do we want to create? But it also has a sense of duties and responsibilities to the stakeholders who enable you to create that value in the first place. So it's unfortunate that the word purpose has been politicized and hijacked by all extremes.
0: I'm wondering if there is a company that you can share with us as an example who really is living their purpose and making decisions for that long term that serve all of those stakeholders and are making the trade-offs in the short term to get to that longer term outcome.
1: So, you know, I have a number of examples in the book, but I'll pick on one, Etsy. And I pick on Etsy because I originally was thinking I'll write about Etsy as a company that lost its purpose because the media reporting was here was a company that had deep commitments to social impact and things like that. And they were not profitable. They had gone public and they got a CEO who came in and laid off people, made them profitable. And it was like the, anti, the anti-purpose is, is the way the media was presenting it. And what I came to realize was that was absolutely not the case. Josh Silverman had come and saying, we claim to have a purpose. We claim to be doing social projects. We all are running around with lots of good intentions. He said, we have lots of good intentions, not translating into concrete actions. We don't measure our social impact. And by the way, we're not profitable and we're not delivering for our shareholders who are investing in us. So we're not delivering for anybody, actually. We ha- have a cloak of goodness around us, but we're not really doing anything with it. But when he came in and he started to say, first thing, we've got to be financially viable. So we got to right-size the organization. It was like, oh my God, you're the dark side of uh, capitalism. But the moment they had kind of right-sized the organization, they said, let's also look at our social impact. We're going to measure it. We're going to have three things. We're going to issue a social impact report. We're not going to do four or five. We're going to do three things and do them really well diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're gonna focus on sustainability and we're gonna focus on the impact, seller economics impact. We we are a marketplace for sellers. Are we doing a good job for them? And then we have our financial reporting. So we need to be financially strong and viable while delivering measurable social impact for the communities and stakeholders we wanna serve. We're not gonna do everything for everybody. We're not here to save every aspect of society. We're going to say there are three things we're going to do. And and I, if you look at their story, it's amazing. And in the process, they also then refreshed their purpose. So what was interesting was they were they were a B Corp. They were trying to say we're all goody-goody, but they were not really showing measurable impact on anything. So I think that, to me, is a great story of saying, how do we learn to be an organization, a healthy, viable, sustainable organization that delivers value for shareholders while also having a clear eye around our purpose, about what are the other people, stakeholders we want to serve, and how are we going to serve them in a measurable way?
0: It's so incredible, and it it sounds almost easy when you're when you're the CEO and you can come in and take that deep look and and move. I mean, I know change is hard, but right when you're the CEO, you get can you get you get to do that. And I know a lot of people listening right now are like, I am (laughs) not the CEO of my company, or maybe I am. But if you're not, what are some of the things that managers can do at all levels of an organization to either start creating purpose or start creating an energy for revisiting what their purpose is, or to do it on a smaller level, just with their own team, if they don't have the ability to shift the whole organization?
1: So I think the first thing we have to remember remember is that. Most of us don't think about our own personal purpose. Maybe we wait too long. I'll speak for myself. I, my big regret is I wish I had thought about my purpose much soon, much quicker, much earlier. But I didn't. I was busy. I was like, okay, one day when I retire, I'll be sitting in a, in my rocking chair on my front porch and I'll think about my purpose. And that's like, it's never too early to think about your purpose. And, and I think what purpose does, it forces us to prioritize our own lives and ask ourselves, like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And what is my impact likely to be? Why should we wait till we're 75 to think about our legacy even? So it makes us much more intentional with our life and what we're doing because we ask ourselves the why question. Mark Twain once said, right, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you figured out why you were born. And, and there's, there's so many stories of legendary people who, once they got to the why question, it really clarified their own purpose, if you will. So the first thing to do is you unlock human beings when you help them think about their own purpose. So that's first for ourselves and for the people who work for us. The second piece, I think, is much harder, which is we, always, we have this kind of, I'll tell you a short anecdote here maybe to illustrate this point. So my mother had a fashion business. She was passionate. She was in love with what she did. That was her purpose. And she worked 24-7. And I remember having a chat with her one day as a a teenager. I was working with her, working long hours all weekend, all all summer long. And I was trying to convince her to take it easy. Well, really, let me take it easy. And I was asking her, I said, Mom, why are we working like crazy? I mean, like this is crazy. I mean, what about work-life balance? And she turned to me and said, Well, son, first thing, my wish for you is that you never have to work a day in your life. And I thought, okay, this is my trust fund now she's going to talk about. And But that was not it. She caught caught me really quickly. She said, I know where you're going. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I don't know why you talk about this as work. I don't think of it as work. And then she said, think about work-life balance you're just asking me about. What a horrible phrase. I mean, work-leisure balance, work-family balance, but work-life balance? How can work be in opposition to life? You gotta, work is part of life. Make it part of your life and let it not feel like work. Anyway, this is an old conversation. I forgot about this conversation. It kind of resurfaced in my head a couple of years ago. And I think she had a big point. So I think part of what we have to do with people who work with us is help them situate and understand how does what they do fit into their own life purpose? Because when people connect their own purpose to what they're doing at work, they show up inspired. And it's a very important point I want to come to in a second maybe with you, why inspired is so important. When you show up to work inspired, you show up differently. And ask ourselves, how many of us show up to work feeling inspired? And how many of us feel that the people who work for us are going to show up to work with the word, I feel inspired to be at work? This is the old legendary story of the janitor at NASA when President Lyndon Johnson, I think, was walking the halls of NASA and asked him, what do you do around here? And he said, Mr. President, I'm here to put a man on the moon. How many of us feel inspired by what we do? And when we feel inspired, we show up differently.
0: I love that, that story about the janitor because it shows how our purpose can be bigger than our job. And that is so essential when you may, you may like your job. You may like what you do. You may like the people you work with. But when you take it bigger than that, right, when you connect it to purpose, now it's elevated. Now it's inspiring. Now it's just not something that I do or spend my time on, but it's something that is just almost transcendent. Can you, can you talk about how do we get there from I'm a team member, I come in, I do my job, I like it, I'm good at it, to I feel inspired?
1: So, you know, first of all, some people do it spontaneously. In fact, this one study done by Jane Dutton and Amy Drozdnicki from Michigan and Yale, respectively, found that they did a study in a hospital in New York and they were looking at what are people's attitudes towards work. And they had a taxonomy of three attitudes towards work. My work is a job. I do it for make money. My work is a career. I do it to get ahead. And the third was my work is a calling. I do it because it gives me meaning and purpose. Of course, I want to get paid too, but they thought the doctors will say, calling and the janitors will say job the numbers for doctors came in one third one third one third which was expected the janitor number came in one third one third one third so then they said let's who are these janitors who are saying my work is a calling i mean you're a janitor in a hospital and they found they said oh no no i don't come here to clean i'm here to help people i get to make a difference people are so thankful they're in such a vulnerable situation i feel like i'm making a difference how do we help people and now that was happening spontaneously Now our job as leaders is how do we help people discover that what they do matters? How do we help them discover that what they do is connected hopefully to their own life aspiration to have an impact on something bigger than themselves and even for themselves? Like it's helping their families. How do we think about work in a way that we are able to visualize impact? And I think in in KPMG, they did an exercise where every employee, a managing director had to partner, I think, had to fill out a form, a piece of paper, and say, why do I come to work? And of course, the first reason was to support my family. But the second, third, fourth, fifth reasons were interesting. And they had to put it outside their door. So how can we get people to connect in? At GE Aviation, which is probably the remaining piece of GE, they had a purpose they put out, which was we reinvent flight and bring people home safely. And the last part of it was based on the recognition that more than half of airplanes flying at any moment in time, at any day of the year, are flying with a GE engine. And on those planes are mothers, fathers, siblings, sons, grandparents, everybody. Now, the mechanic on the floor who's assembling a piece of the engine doesn't always connect that what I do matters. So how do we help people find meaning in what they're doing? Work is not a chore, work is not a grind i don't just do it i'm not just renting myself for money but i actually what i'm doing connects into my own humanity as to what i want to achieve with my life
0: i mean it's it's incredible and i can see how it would have a ripple effect on someone in terms of their well-being and their self-worth and their connectedness to their team members and the way that they would care about the, the thoughtfulness with which they do their work when you feel so inspired, when you feel like you have purpose and you are contributing to something that is so much larger than yourself. And it feels like a little bit of a strange conversation to have with your team members if it's not something you've discussed before. Do you have any suggestions for how we can start these conversations, which feel very deep and personal in some ways?
1: So that's a great question, Mamie. And I actually learned this from talking to Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And he said that, you know, how are you going to coach somebody or even help them? Coaching is what? You're trying to enable somebody and unlock their human potential when you don't even know them as a person. It's remarkable how many people we interact with in the workplace with whom we don't really have a personal connect. It's like, that's work, right? Right. So that means that this person is only here and my only job is to extract as much value as I can out of them. So they're a worker bee. So my interaction with them is kind of bounded, but then my ability to be in a relationship where I can support them, guide them, they trust me, they know I care about them. So Pete calls it caring leadership. So I think the starting point for this is purpose. And Pete says, Talking to somebody about purpose is a wonderful way to really start a conversation with somebody about them. You can't do it on day one. You can't say, hey, welcome to our company. Tell me about your life purpose. Might be a job interview question, but I think it's a con, it's easy that when you connect to each other with an understanding of each other's purpose, it really deepens the connection between people. And then you have an understanding based on trust. You can challenge them while also supporting them. And so I think it's an important part of the puzzle that you say, look, this is not simply piece rate goal setting. Here's your target. If you get it done, here's a bonus. And if you don't get it done, there's no bonus. That's one way to manage people. So, in fact, in this kind of motivational ladder, there was a study in 2015 in Harvard Business Review. They say people start by satisfaction. So satisfaction gets you to perform to a certain level. And satisfaction comes from having a safe work environment that's recent, good benefits, maybe even pay for performance. Then you take it up a notch with engagement where you feel like I'm engaged. I'm part of a team, I'm learning, it's interesting work, I have some autonomy, I can do my own thing. And then engagement kicks in. And the next level is inspired. And inspired workers are more than twice as productive as satisfied workers. So there's a massive unlock of productivity and it's good for the people too. People themselves show up differently. It's good for their health, their own life. So I think it's a it's such an amazing unlock that's right under our nose. But a lot of us don't take it. We are happy with satisfied workers and maybe even engaged workers.
0: It's amazing. I mean, the, the, the research says it all. I'm curious if it's important that the organization have a clear purpose in order for people to connect their life's purpose to the organization. Like if my organization doesn't really have a purpose or maybe we have one in name but we don't really like feel it is just a poster on the wall. Does that matter? Will that will that get in the way of me as a manager having these kinds of conversations with my team or or it doesn't it doesn't really matter because it's not about the organization, it's really just about the person.
1: Look, it's always easier when things are happening around you. The context matters, right? So if you're in a place where everyone's talking purpose, it's such an important part of what you do. You take a Microsoft or you take a Lego or you take a Mahindra or a Bueller, it's much easier for the manager to just dial into the purpose of the company and say, look, this is who we are as an enterprise. This is how it translates into us. And this is how it translates for you. And there's reinforcing messaging and there's reinforcing role modeling So much easier. But I think, I don't think that should be a cop-out saying, well, my company isn't doing it, so I ain't going to do it. I think as a manager, we can create an environment saying, listen, let's think about our group. What's our purpose here? How are we going to help people? What a support unit. Our job is critical. I hope you understand we do IT support for all the managers who work in our company. Without us, they can't do their job. And I hope you understand that the jobs they do, how critical they are to the functioning of X. So it's kind of trying to help us connect in to recognize the consequences of what we do for the world at large, and making it consequential for ourselves. So let's think about that a little bit. So how do we tap into if a janitor in a hospital can find inspiration at work? I think all of us can.
0: All right, well, I think this might be the perfect place for us to, to start to wrap up because it's such a, a beautiful a beautiful note that we can all find find purpose. So as you know, the show is called The Modern Manager and is all about how to be a great manager. So can you share with us a manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss?
1: Yeah. So I would say, aside from my mother, whom I worked for, who was an incredible boss, my first job was really at Microsoft and I had a boss named Jeff Ricks. And I had another boss who I won't name, but Jeff was, I had two bosses. And what I really admired about Jeff, and it was a contrast to my other boss, was Jeff was incredibly demanding. I mean, he gave me what looked to me like an impossible task. And he said it front. He said, this is an impossible task. We haven't been able to do this task. But he said, I think you can do it. And just remember, I'm here to help you do it. So he And he meant it. And he really did it. So he created for me a pathway for being able to go to him. I knew I could count on him, his support. So I felt both challenged and supported at the same time. And to me, that was deeply meaningful. And the last piece of it was that he actually cared, back to Pete Carroll, he actually cared about my well-being. He was like, let's talk about you. And as a young college graduate, that meant a lot to me.
0: Mm, Beautiful. And where can people learn more about you, Ranjay, and keep up with your work and get a copy of your book?
1: So I've put everything in one place, including I did a one series podcast with 10 interviews I did with CEOs from around the world and my book and a bunch of other material at deeppurpose.net. So deeppurpose.net has a bunch of interviews, including hopefully this, this podcast as well, and a bunch of other resources around the topic. Or you can find me on LinkedIn where I try to post. I have a newsletter and I post material relatively frequently.
0: Fantastic. Well, we will all be checking that out. Thank you so much for sharing today and just inspiring me to, to revisit my own life's purpose and to get even greater clarity on why I do what I do. So thank you. It's really, really wonderful.
1: Maybe thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. You asked me some great questions and really forced me to think hard. So <laughs> I, I love the conversation and I hope to continue again soon.
0: Ranjay is giving away three copies of his book, Deep Purpose, The Heart and Soul of High-Performance Companies, to patron-level members of the Modern Manager community. To request one of these copies and get many other guest bonuses and benefits, like those extended interviews, one-page overviews of my key takeaways from each episode, and access to that community of like-minded managers, become a member at themodernmanager.com slash join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.
1: Meetings are one of the most
0: critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at maymeks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening until next time.